Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Today we have a Swede on the show, and I don't mean the vegetable either. It's Soren, who is the founder of The Watch Stand. Welcome to the waiting list show, Soren. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel, uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, been listening to all of your episodes, so your voices are very familiar to me. And uh, yeah, very happy to be here. I like it how you know who important is on the show because, like, you didn't say thank you, Long Long. So I'm <laughs> I'm happy you got your priorities right. It's thank fine. you very much, Long Long. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, right. Jack, in, ab- in absence. Right. I think before the listeners think it, I want to make it clear, Soren isn't paying us to do this episode. But have to be honest, full disclosure, we did get a watch stand from him many, many, many years ago. Well, not that long, actually. Yeah. So did you actually get one long, long? Yeah. And to be honest, it, it is ages ago. It's been like two years, you know? Okay. Which one did you get? Okay, well, the one I actually ordered or the one I got, because I ordered. Are you one... bought two? Well, I always I ordered a custom a custom one with the paintings on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Long, long, actually, long, long, I think you have ordered a few without telling us, so yeah. we noticed that, <laughs> and I, I was quite surprised. You, you could have just asked us about no, it. No, because uh... I felt bad. Like I'm, I'm somebody that really believes in like. If somebody like like a friend has a business, you should just support it. Like all the more reason to support it. I'd rather like give my money to a friend than like a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Thank thank you for the charity mindset. <laughs> wow. Okay. I actually really liked Jack's one. You know, like so this is this is the story, right? Jack got one and I saw her one. And then I wanted her one. But I went for the pretty standard one. Because I felt really bad because I knew he was giving it to me, right? And then Jack, actually, no shame Jack's, at all. The, the one <laughs> she has, she actually, she actually requested a, a actually it's a piece unique off catalog uh, stand uh, because she ordered it with. So she has an ostrich stand, yes, uh, which is to begin with not standard. Uh, we have it in in our inventory, but uh, she wanted it with a specific color stone, which is let's say, uh, out of catalog. So she has a piece unique stand because she is special. Right. So she had no shame at all. And she, did she <laughs> no. even pay for that shit? Did she pay for it? She did not She did not even offer us to pay, but uh, yeah. Don't worry, we'll bill her. Yeah, right. So there's me <laughs> yeah. feeling bad. And then I see Jack's one. I'm like, God, you've got guts <laughs> like to, to ask for that, yeah. right? And, and then not yeah. knowing that you don't have to pay for it, right? Like, I was like, shit. No, I no, no, no. She she might have paid for it. I, I don't remember, but uh, it is a custom one. It's a custom one for sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's gonna kill me now. She's gonna come back and say, "I fucking paid for it." <laughs> right. Uh, sorry, Jack. If I uh, just absolutely uh, basically dragged you on the coals there. Sorry. Um, I actually have. That, like... Yeah, but that, that's what she gets when she's not uh, not around. <laughs> So out of everything, though, out of all the accessories I have, yeah, I, ha- I actually do use the watch stand the most, right? I've got this, uh, in terms of my watch boxes, I've got this 
and Lang and Zerner Mooncake lacquer box that they put mooncakes in, and I switched it around and made it into like a, a watch box. But I've also got this. Um, God, this sounds so bad because Jack gave me this. <laughs> Jack gave me a present, which was I don't know if you guys know it. It's like the Ramoa did a collab with BNO, and they have a headphone case. And so she took the headphone case out and filled it with a proper foam, like for watches. And it's now been re-engineered to be a watch box that can hold six watches, but it, it looks really cool. So I nice. use that to, to, to hold my watches. But day to day. But but wait, Rebova made they made a watch watch uh, case. I think it's for three watches. It looks like an aluminum aluminum yes. Rebova bag, yes. and you slide you slide it yes. to the side, and then yes. it's not that. So you have something. No, 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 no. It's not that. Modified it's, something else. It's really flat. It's like a square shaped. I'll show you like. After the podcast, I'll take a picture. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, right now I'm using, I've got how many watches on my, yeah, I've got three watches on my watch stand. So it, the thing is, right, it's just, I'm just too lazy to put it back into the watch box. Like, it's just so easy just to put it onto the watch stand because yeah. then you just pick up and go. Like, yeah, I don't know about you, you start to accumulate that. more and more there. Yeah. That's why I've got three <laughs> on there now. Right. <laughs> because like, I, I, I'm the kind of guy that will take their watch off when I get home and then if I go back out again I'll put it back on so mm -hmm. I I don't like sort of wearing it around the house I wear it like when I go out so mm -hmm. I've got that habit so uh, what what, yeah. what about uh, watch winders now well I'm a I'm a manual wind kind of guy mm. okay yeah so but, but even if no I mean even if, if I did it, I'm not sure I the effort to put it on a winder you might as well put it back in the box. And the problem we have here is that we're lazy. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's basically what what we also noticed. Uh, okay. So people, some people have watch winders. Um, then you have to take out the cushion from or the holder from the watch winder. You have to strap it on, uh, uh, set it back, and uh, yeah, and, and the same with watch boxes. So that's more like for for long term storage, but for mm -hmm. on a daily basis. I know for myself, I, I just put before the watch and I just put my watch on, on a table, on a cloth or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because if it's an automatic watch, if it's something you, you use daily, you can just keep it, you, you can just leave it there for 24 hours or whatever, and then you mm -hmm. can just pick it up again anyways. Yeah. I, 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 but part of me is not a fan of keeping the watch running, even if it's automatic. Like, I don't know, I feel like the watch needs to rest. Because you, you're still, you know, you're still wearing the things are moving inside the watch, right? You're still yeah. using it. You're still wearing things out. Yeah. And I, I don't like. And I'm really not bothered about setting, like calendar date. I mean, not the most I'll do is date. I'm not so bothered about the day. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't be bothered after that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway, I we've mean, warmed yeah. up a little bit. Uh, you've been a long time listener to the show. How does it feel to be the one on the other end, on the other side now, being interviewed? Uh, it's it's a very huge, it's a huge moment in my life. Um, what? Well, actually, I'm no. To be honest, I'm. Uh, if you look at previous guests, some of them are you know high rollers, big uh, big names. Uh, so to be featured here, it's uh, yeah, it's quite big. I think this is the first pod I'm on, so uh, yeah, for sure, something new and uh, yeah. Also, uh, it's not any pod. It's it's a pod I've been listening to. 
as I mentioned, since the beginning. So that's also another fact that makes it more interesting mm. and fun. And, and which has been your favorite episode so far, would you say? Uh, first one which came to mind now uh, was the one with Austin Chu, uh, Horror Loop. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I love that one too. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, uh, first one, right? We did two yeah. with him. The one about him. Yeah, being I love, I love that one. <laughs> and some, I think it was one of your friends. Is it Alex? I think his one was good as well. Yeah. Alex. Ah. Uh, that was, you're talking very early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember more, but uh, yeah, th those two came to came to mind now, just like that. Yeah. Right. Well, doing an interview with you from the Watchstand, I guess the obvious question is, how did the idea come by, and how did you start it? Okay. So yeah, so we we touched upon this uh, a little bit now uh, in terms of how we what we do with the watches when we when we get home. Uh, so it began with uh, it, it began with me wanting to have a place for my watch when I get home. Uh, so actually, I wanted a, a watch stand. So this is what, what I searched for on online, and what I found was mostly these plastic ones. Uh, the plastic see-through ones, uh, which everyone knows about, they are mostly used for boutiques. And then some homemade wooden ones, uh, things of that nature. So nothing really that is up to the standard that, you know, if you have a nice watch, you might want to have something in the same level as, as the watch. Um, so uh, I started thinking about it and um, started drawing. Uh, got an idea of okay, maybe let's maybe I can do something here. Um, showed it to a colleague of mine uh, at the time, and this was in 2017. Uh, I showed it to a friend, uh, a colleague at the, at the place I worked at the time, uh, a small investment bank here in Sweden. Um, and this guy is also a watch guy, so uh, I showed him the idea, and he thought it was quite cool um and then we started no so it began with me basically trying to figure out how to make it here in sweden um and the difficult part was that this was not something like is already in production at some place it's not like uh i want to make a new kind of chair so i could go to a, a chair manufacturer and just say okay you you have you already know how to make a chair now let's do this design so this was a completely new product so uh, we didn't really know or let's say in the beginning it was me looking for a manufacturer of it and then i dropped the idea when i couldn't find find someone who could make it and then yeah this colleague asked me how is it going with this project and i said ah i it, it was uh, i couldn't find a manufacturer for it um so then we started, uh, this story or this product stuck with us uh, in our mind. And then, yeah, during work, we started to looking at how we could uh, find a manufacturer. And um, we couldn't find anything here in Sweden. We couldn't find anything in Europe. We, you know, Googled uh, for, uh, at, uh, first we contacted the various um like watch companies, watch accessory companies. Uh, but everyone said that, no, this is not something we can do. 
Um, then we went to China, uh, in, not physically, but we started contacting factories. Uh, so we went looking at Alibaba and um, we sent out our ideas. Um, one thing to notice here, quite early we we saw that this might be something because we showed it to several friends. So we registered our trademark or design rights for it. So the design uh, originally made by me and then we did some adjustments together with my colleague Jens. Uh, but quite early on, we protected it, um, which at the time we thought was a quite large expense for something that might happen or might not happen. But then in retrospect, uh, it was good that we did it so early. Um, so we sent out the 3D drawings to various factories. And then finally, we had someone who could make it. They said uh, we waited a couple of months. We received something back. Uh, different dimensions than we ordered, different materials than we ordered. Uh, without any comments, they just sent it and said, here, here's the product. <laughs> uh, we waited for two months. Uh, so we were, and the thing just fell apart when we, when we unpacked it. So we were quite bummed. Uh, but then we tried more and more and more. And uh, maybe at the third, yeah, high, yeah, long, yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to ask, because how how did you guys communicate with the people in China? Like Google Translate or? I think there is an um, integrated uh, translation in, in the Alibaba chat or they, they had someone who, who spoke English. Okay. So I, yeah, it, it, it okay. So that might, there might be some uh, translation difficulties there that uh, we thought we were speaking with someone English speaking. No, I'm sure they uh, were but, like, uh, yeah, let's just send a ship product. It's fine. <laughs> like. That's yeah, so, so this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, okay, so but maybe third or fourth uh, sample we, we, we received was something that was acceptable. Okay. Uh, so that was the initial design. Uh, the stand looked basically like the one we have now, mm -hmm. uh, just slightly thinner in all of the dimen dimensions. Um, so we ordered it with, with marble, with metal, and with leather. Mm. Uh, and at this time, in the beginning, we ordered, I think, like 50 stands. So it was quite a, uh, not a huge risk, but at, in, in the beginning, we didn't really know if someone would buy it. So, But, but we tried with 50 units. And uh, in the beginning, we had to quality check everyone. So of these 50, at least 50%, we had to do some adjustments. So they, they might have been not straight, um, something was not right, and maybe 10 or 15% we couldn't even work with, so we had to just send them back. Um, but in general, we, we liked the product, and uh, we started selling it through mainly, so this was just, now at this time, it was uh, completely locally here in Sweden, so we, so we, we marketed it in a Swedish uh, watch forum, and uh, the feedback was, um, let's say, not the best <laughs> in terms of in terms of the price. They thought it was expensive. Uh, they thought it was a completely unnecessary product because it doesn't do anything. Uh, it doesn't wind the watch. Uh, it's a perfect. It's a perfect product for for burglars. 
so they can immediately see the watch when when they make a burglary at, burglar in someone's home. So they could just find, they could only point out the negatives with it. Um, yeah, Daniel? I'd just like to say, yeah. that person that made that comment about, oh, you know, it's easy for burglars to see, clearly hasn't been burgled before. <laughs> it's also, like, yeah. yeah. And I also, because I've been yeah. burgled, right? And trust me, yeah. burglars don't leave anything for chance. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> they, they ransack your whole house. Yeah. yeah. Look, they... Because if they see watches like that, yeah, out on the thing, they're, you know what their brains were probably thinking? I wonder what they've actually hidden. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where, where's the rest? Yeah, yeah exactly. But are Swedish people generally like negative people or your product really to them was just like useless? Um, not really negative, but there is something in, in Sweden called this. This uh, Only people in Sweden will know, know about this term. It's called the uh, Jante. Uh -huh. and, um, <laughs> and basically, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be like everyone else. Uh, entrepreneurship, okay, now it's a little bit different, but uh, in general, people are quite negative when it when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship. Okay. Uh, or uh, let's say people uh, they don't want success for others. Oh. Not uh, everyone, but it's it's quite it's sure. it's quite it's quite common in Sweden. It's quite common. Do, do, do you know what? Right. So, I actually have a Swedish friend that isn't you, right? Yep. Like I used to work with him in England, and he came to England to try and do better for himself. And what you just said reminds me of what he used to tell me. He mm. said, like, when you really want to get out from the main herd, right, the culture doesn't kind of support it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's no, saying it's but, like it's not yeah. seen very well. Yeah. I, no, I, I got yeah. the point of like, I didn't really get it, to be honest, because I thought, well, yeah, maybe when you're trying to, you know, be successful, everybody's kind of against you, you know, like it's, it's so hard. But he was more alluding to the fact that it's not seen well, even within the culture. And he used to yeah. oftentimes complain about it, yeah. complain about and, that culture. Yeah, but, but, but I have to say, this is a general, generational thing. It's not as bad uh, with the younger people, but, but, but it is, part, <laughs> it is, it is uh, part of Swedish culture, I must say, mm. yeah. So did you okay. like okay. lead a double life? Like you would go to work and be like, I love my job. And then like leave work and be like, like, fuck this bank. And <laughs> be like working on your like side project. No, you know, at that time it was really just, it still is. But at that time it was really just a, a side project and a hobby project because we both of us are watch enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. Um, so at that point, we, we were just happy that if someone would buy it, that would be, that would be nice. In, but in the beginning, the comments were so negative, uh, but finally a few people bought them mm -hmm. and they, they were happy, the, the ones who, who received them. Um, and, um, yes, yeah, so, so they, they started posting in the thread that, yeah, it, it, it's actually nice. Uh, I can use it at home. It's mm -hmm. good for taking photos. It's good when I uh, just want, want to leave my watch. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, a few months later uh, something happened okay so okay mm -hmm. uh, let's reverse a few steps more okay so our main goal with the product was not to have something made in China not that it's it's uh, anything bad with that but we wanted to have something 
you know, made here rather locally. Yeah. Uh, with uh, yeah, made in Europe somewhere. Um, so we we, we had, now when we had the sample from from China, we could actually send it out to uh, various um, furniture uh, furniture uh, producers, mm-hmm. and then finally we, we found found the company in Poland, mm-hmm. um, where the production is, is actually now. So when we moved from Poland to China. Uh, obviously, we cancelled our agreement with the Chinese manufacturer, and then uh, a few weeks later, and this happened when, <laughs> when I was on vacation, uh, someone wrote to me that because there was this thread in this uh, in the Swedish watch forum, um, they they wrote to me that you have to check out what's what's being written here, and then someone uh, made an investigation, let's say, and they found our stand on Alibaba posted. So our manufacturer, <laughs> uh, after canceling our agreement, I thought that, well, okay, so I've, I, so we have we have the research and development behind us now. We know how to make this product. They, they don't want to buy it anymore from us. Mm. Let's sell it on, uh, let's sell it publicly. Mm-mm. So we discovered that way that now our product was offered by them on Alibaba and Everyone in this watch forum now thought that, okay, look at these guys. They just found something uh, uh, on Alibaba, mm-hmm. uh, renamed it, uh, <laughs> and sold it for uh, X amount more than, than than what's posted there. So so they obviously thought yeah. that they didn't understand that we uh, designed the product. We had the design rights. We, we invented this exact exact shape. Uh, so they thought that we had just ordered it and then resold it for uh, X times more. It's funny that you say that because I had the exact comment uh, with the custom one I got. And some people came over and they said that, like, why would you spend so much? And I can find you one on like Alibaba right now. But like, I literally didn't know how to reply because I thought, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so regarding that, that's yeah. actually quite interesting because this design it it looks so simple because yeah, when you look at it, it, it is a simple design. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before our product, this this design was not was non-existent. So, so we actually made it, mm-hmm. and now all of the copies are that design. Yeah. I've seen a few other watch stands, um, one with the the let's say leg a little bit bended or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah i've seen a, a korean one which looks quite cool mm-hmm. a little bit more futuristic looking but uh, all of the copies are of our stand so yeah so yeah you, you, you can see that as a compliment but at the same time it's uh yeah as you say long long people don't really see the difference um because it's sort of simple it's such a simple product so why wouldn't you just buy it buy the other one but if you've had both, uh, if you've held both, you see the quality in terms of quality difference in terms of the construction, in terms of the the, the finishing, the polishing, yeah. and the materials. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the new one, yeah, uh, or the new and the recent, the current one, they are made in Poland. Uh, with mater- we have leather from a tannery in Italy. Uh, the stone comes from Italy and Spain, uh, but everything is made in. Uh, in Poland mm. uh, and yeah okay so going back to this thread uh, now everyone 
all of the haters, wait a minute they re- wait a minute yeah i need to come yeah, in yeah. because i think you're i think you're doing yourself a big disservice there because you know one of the successful design yeah is in its simplicity i feel yep you know yep. it looks simple because you made it look simple but if i had to think about it maybe i couldn't do it right and um it's a lot harder to make something simple and now like you say yeah you've got it out there i think the fact that people are imitating it because they can't improve on it is like the biggest flattery you can get you know i i think you see that should see that as a positive thing i'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass even though i am i'm just saying i i actually believe that yeah you know? thank you yeah and, and it's to your point now when, when you've seen the simple design and and you, you you're going to tell someone okay so make a watch down which looks mm. different than this so this is the most let's say the most logical way how to make it now if, mm. if you want to make it different then you have to do something which doesn't make sense let's say bend bend the metal rod uh which which holds up the cushion or do something strange which makes the design look off in some way so that's uh, that's probably why we really haven't seen any to be fair uh anything better at the moment mm. i i have a question do you have um a tv show called shark tank in sweden yep. okay yep. so like what i actually want to ask is do you think your business worked because of timing or it actually is a business that will work so if you pitch this to shark tank now uh with zero sales like a fresh idea do you think they would actually invest okay so, so at, at the time uh th- there were different categories of of watch uh, watch accessories you had watch rolls winders you had you had boxes so so this was an empty space okay uh you ha- you had watch stands but those were for boutiques you d- nobody had watch stands at home so it was an empty space so so we had a uh you know first uh, first movers advantage there uh so that depends on if if the sharks would have been like the people in the watch forum saying that this is an unnecessary product that doesn't do anything yeah. or if they would have taken taken the chance and uh, seen that there is a gap in the market okay. um kevin o'leary would have just said like you know i'm going to give you the investment but then once i get my money back i want 10 percent or something like that that's always his offer you know, I mean, it's yeah. so risk averse. Yeah. He's so like, yeah, yeah. Tries, to, tries to do people over B. all the time. Huh? He's invested in Rubber B and has done really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where he gets his red, uh, yeah, red so rubber bands from. Probably. Yeah, always red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, please continue with your story. So, so the far, uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So so the haters they they discovered the the product on Alibaba. So they they were of course very happy for this. They could write a lot of uh, funny things in in the thread. Uh, by the way, the, yeah, this thread is still online. So if you want to look at it with Google Translate, you can have a look. Dude, it's I still want there. to go look at it. Yeah, you have to. Do it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, now, in retrospect, I can look at it, and it's funny when I read their comments uh, regarding how unnecessary the product is and that it will never work. Um, so yeah, so they started uh, doing various tests on the product. Uh, people who had bought it, like fire tests. So the one person actually put it, uh, set it on fire to, to test the quality of the leather, 
then we discovered that this is actually not leather. This is uh, uh, PE leather, yeah. basically plastic leather. Yeah. Uh, so, so we were screwed in that regard as well. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so there was a big, uh, a quite interesting discussion there in the forum. Uh, and this was this was a panic situation for me and and my colleague uh, in terms of how can we save this now uh, in terms of reputation. Uh, the good thing in this scenario was that we had the new product under development uh, mm -hmm. in Europe, but now uh, all of the trust for our company was down to zero uh, after all of this. So so we had to you know rebuild it. Uh, once we had the new products, thankfully they were very good. Uh, so we sent it out to various people who had bought the previous one and were not happy with it. Uh, the, the one, who, the person who made the fire test, uh, and, and various other people, and uh, we didn't ask them to specifically post it and show it, show the new product. But uh, uh, thankfully, they did, and they yeah confirmed the new quality and the difference between the old and the new. Mm. So from there. Uh, we had to, you know, uh, uh, rebuild our reputation from a, mm. from not from zero, but basically from 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 a negative number. Uh, but the good thing was that the, the new product was really good. Uh, so previously, we had a product that uh, the functionality was appreciated pre appreciated by people, uh, but the quality had some uh, some some room for improvement but now we had both the quality and we had the the functionality which people appreciated so so we were quite comfortable in that situation we just wanted to uh, sell as much as possible mm -hmm. um one of our our best clients at this time was uh one of my friends uh who started to buy one for himself he liked it and then he started to gifting them to his uh, to his friends and they all liked it and uh, so he, he quickly became our number one customer and uh, this guy Amar um, uh, works with marketing and uh, he asked asked us quite early on uh, if he could join us me and Jens so there were me and Jens the two founders and then this third gentleman who wanted to join us and when he joined um, which was quite early I think in 2018 or 2019 uh we took his knowledge uh in terms of marketing so uh, up until he um he joined yeah up until he joined uh, we were just uh, doing organic uh, marketing on instagram uh writing on uh, you know writing to people trying to get them to post our things uh but no paid ads so when he came in uh me and Jens we knew that paid ads is the way to go we have to do it um i have a question yeah so like i just want to reverse back a little bit which was you know you first put this product in you got shit feedback and then you had this whole china experience which was another setback yeah. then you had another these groups right that were basically well this guy trying to light it up which is like unbelievable but there's always one that you know yeah. that will do something like that you as you're telling the story and i'm really happy you're telling the story because i think a lot of people 
like, well, me included, look at that product now and think, well, that's a simple product. You know, that yeah. wouldn't have been too difficult to make. And I think I would have been a lot like uh, some of those people in the watch forum, um, just thinking, you know, just being, I guess, kind of negative about it. Yeah. But you somehow managed to get through all of that negativity. And now you're just kind of just, I don't know, what waters off a duck's back, we say, you know, just just taking it in your stride, the way you tell the story, it's like you don't even give it a second thought. But at the yeah. time, I think it does take a lot of courage to keep going, right? With something where everybody is absolutely like basically busting your balls on, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So uh, this type of negative feedback, me to me personally, uh, it gives me, it, it gave me more energy. Now I just wanted to, because we knew it, the product was good because uh, most of the haters, they were people who had, hadn't bought the product. Uh, it was just one or one, this one guy maybe who, who, who set it on fire. But uh, most of the people who've had it in person, <laughs> have seen it in person or, or, or um, who have bought it, uh, they, the, the feedback was good. From, from important people, we, we did get good feedback. So all of this negativity actually just, just motivated me more that, okay, now we have to show them. Uh, yeah. Well, you see, therein lies, uh, again, I think, I don't know if it's a Swedish trait yet, but I think you're being so <laughs> humble about things because uh, it's not that easy to differentiate the mind between something uh, where you can look at it so objectively and look at the criticism as feedback and then improve on that and see what is true and what is real and not, not let emotions get the better of you. you know, I think that's a really key lesson that you're, you're, you're explaining. The second thing is, yeah. I feel that you've just given a lesson in how to give great customer service. You know, you had this product that people weren't happy with. You're basically down in the doldrums with zero negative trust. You've got this product and you've given it to free. You've made that decision to give it to free to those people that weren't happy. And yep. even the guy that lit it, you know, starts posting and saying positive things. It's like you've grabbed victories from the from the jaws of like failure, kind of thing. I think yep. it's. I don't know how long it took for you to make that decision, or you know, was it just a quick reaction? You know, we need to do this, but clearly it was. It just reversed your fortunes, just like that. Yeah, I think the fact was that we were also screwed by this by this factory so we really i wanted to or we wanted to make everything right so this wasn't a marketing gimmick of course it ended up also helping us but we really wanted to make things right uh, to the people who had because i didn't want to give let's say give right to the people who to the haters so that that's why i want to make things correct and then from that from after that uh, things started to you know uh, turn around Slowly, very slowly, things started to turn around. Hmm. Would you say it's? Would you say it was your pride? Yeah, because you know, I I didn't want to be someone who had, you know, created something which is not what it was supposed to be. Uh, so yeah, I want to make it make everything correct, and also, um, and also, yeah, it it was a pride thing. Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. 
sorry to interrupt. Please go on. Uh, I, ha oh, I have no, a no, question no. suddenly. Um, yep. I'm not going to name the company's name, but there's also another company on Instagram that, well, they sell like ident identical products to you guys, right? Um, okay. And, okay. So okay. I'm sure you uh, know, right? Because yeah, I mean, yeah. if you just open my IG page, I get sent a lot of this stuff, but the, I will never, um, I mean, one, I will never bitch about the product on my page because I just think one, someone went out of their way to do something so nice for you. But if people direct message me and ask me, hey, honestly, between these two products, which one will I get? I will just give them the honest truth and I'll tell them why. So this other company, right? Um, did you guys ever have any kind of like direct messaging with each other where they were like, yeah, hey, okay, good. I'm doing this? Like, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a good thing. Good that you reminded me because I had actually forgotten about this. Yeah. Uh, I think we both know which company we're we talking yeah. about. And uh, the funny thing is that they were also not aware of that we had a design. Uh, we had a design rights for this particular design. So <laughs> at one point, they actually they actually ordered the the Chinese version uh, after af after the Alibaba uh, after the Alibaba incident. Yeah, we had the new stands uh, made in Europe, and then they ordered the one from Alibaba, and <laughs> and they started selling them on their side. Oh my god! So they took our yeah. So they took the the copy version. Yeah, and they were not aware of that we had design rights. So, so we, and, and this is something we have done many times, but it was quite interesting. Interesting that we had to do it with them. Uh, we we sent them a legal notice. Yeah. Uh, through our law firm, uh, explaining the situation. And to be honest, I don't think they were they were aware of our design rights. So they probably thought the same that these guys just ordered it from there and. Mm -hmm. They they wanted to do the same. Yeah. Um, so they're the real ones so, yeah. that did it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They're the real ones Sorry? that did that. They're the real ones that did order it. Yes. So, so they, and you so aren't they, the one, so, right? Exactly. So they right. did that. I am exactly. doing you great PR on this episode. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, next that, episode, that, you get mm -hmm. them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can hear their version of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now, but the fact is that they they sold this particular version, uh, our our design, mm -hmm. and then they had to remove all of them from from the website. Uh, so oh. they removed them from the website, yeah. uh, and then six months later, they came up with their design. So hey, now, wait a minute! So, wait a minute! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. guy that did that brand that copied you guys and ordered it from Alibaba? Does he come from yeah. the same watch forum? That you initially posted in it. <laughs> Let's say Was he he's the guy from, that lit it. Yeah. No, he's not the guy who lit it, but he's he's in the same form. So we are, oh, we are aware of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are well. You know, Sweden oh. is a, is a small country. There's only one uh, watch forum. So so he is aware of uh, us, and we are aware of him. Um, I'm shocked. But, uh, as as long as he doesn't infringe our copyrights, he can do whatever he wants. But. Uh, uh, yeah, so so they took their their uh, but our design watch them off their website, and six months later they came up with 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 the stand they have now, yeah. and uh, I will not comment about it, but it, it's a different one. <laughs> it's a different version. Yeah, it's okay. different. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> anyway, you were telling us about um, this new person that was your uh, biggest fan, because I think this is quite critical in the story of the watch stand, isn't it? Hmm. For sure. So when he came in, um, he br he brought in his um, uh, marketing knowledge, and also his uh, his uh, uh, risk mindset, which is uh, not very conservative. Let's say it like that. So he 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 likes to take risks, and uh, which was a very good thing because thanks to him, we. Um, we really, uh, because, okay, so let's go back to the paid ads. So we knew that we want, that we'd had to do paid ads on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Me and Jens uh, uh, looked at the numbers and said, okay, let's try with these very small numbers. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. Uh, but then when he came in, he ramped up those numbers by 10 or 15. And we said, oh, should we really do this? No, this, can we really burn this much money on? On, on ads, this will not work. Uh, but he but he pushed pushed and then we did it and the results came rather instantly. Uh, so quickly we had to uh, we had to wait a minute. Contact. Are we allowed to share the number in terms of the amount that you were spending on ads? Yeah, we can do that. We can do that because I don't think it's representative. But like I think it's really key because when you told me. Like I was shocked that yeah and, and yeah that that and, it and was that is... kind of scale like that you have to do, but then later on when you having had that experience, you talk about how to do how to sell it very differently. That experience really gave you a lot of insight into how to sell it. That that's my feeling when I had the call with you previously. So yeah. maybe you could tell us how much you were spending at the beginning with Jens before this new partner came in and subsequently yep. with the spend, how many you were selling roughly. And then maybe after, and then tell us, okay, this new guy came in, you spent this much and then how much you were selling. Okay. So, so this will be approximations, but let's yeah. say with the ends, we, let's say we spent like per month, uh, like, 2000 euros something like that and and it worked uh, in, compared to nothing uh, we did get uh, we, we did get traction so it, it was worth it uh, but then when we spent uh, when we ramped up everything with Amar, um we were spending um, uh, 50000 euros per month uh, in in paid ads during let's say normal months and then uh, in in Q4 before Christmas, we were spending 100,000 100, euros per month in paid ads. Um, and we, did, we didn't just switch it from, from this very low level up to this higher level. Uh, we have to do it gradually uh, because uh, when, when you're spending more, you have to uh, diversify the ads a little bit more, uh, run different campaigns to different markets, et cetera. But quite quickly, we ramped it up to those levels. And, uh, and the key metric you're looking at when you're doing paid ads is uh, return on return on ad spend. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, during this period, which was uh, 
2019, but mostly 2020 and 2021, um, the, the paid ads were very efficient. So when we um, uh, selected the target groups, uh, you could do it very exactly and pinpoint to exact what which eyes uh, the ads would uh, uh, show uh, in terms of uh, demography, in terms of interest, in terms of uh, behavior on, online. Uh, because the, the tracking at that point of, of online users was much more um, friendly towards uh, people who, who do the paid ads. And then due to privacy reasons, in the spring of spring of 2021, something happened and then we couldn't track, and this is not just for us, but for all e-commerce e e uh, retailers, uh, we, you couldn't track the users as exact as before. So as before, we could really pinpoint and had, have, had have very good efficiency in the ads. Um, after this privacy news setting came in, uh, the return on ad spend went down significantly. So that so, was a, yep. So this is basically when you're talking about the advent of iOS 14, isn't it? Correct, correct. Yeah, that is the crazy thing that we were reading about it in the papers, oh, not the papers, online, about how the privacy thing would affect Facebook's business model. And you are a prime example of where suddenly your uh, return on ad spend was actually in negative. So, you know, just from that one move, your business was completely compromised. Am I right in yes. saying that? Yes, yes. And, and and that shows that, so we were really in the hands of Facebook, uh, Facebook, uh, yeah, Instagram and Facebook, which is Facebook. Um, uh, so, so at that point, uh, when iOS, iOS 14 was, kicked in and the new privacy settings came in um, our return on ad spend uh, dived so so then that was the second round of let's say a big uh, crisis in the company after everything has been going so smooth with the new products with the with the, with the paid ads uh, everything was running so smoothly uh, and we had set up everything to be automated uh, running Shopify and having our inventory here in Stockholm uh, synced to, to Shopify. Uh, we just uh, were focusing on developing products and making ads, and and the sales just uh, yeah that didn't really take much energy from us. Uh, too suddenly, uh, running the paid ads, and we didn't get the same results as before. And uh, at that time, uh, we were doing mostly B two C because everything was running so smoothly. So we didn't really focus on, okay, really, we need to develop uh, other sales channels. We need to develop uh, B2B. We need to develop online sales because when everything was just flowing in uh, so nicely, we, we thought that, okay, uh, now we, we have figured this out. Uh, let's just continue like this. Uh, so it was uh, a bit of a uh, shock when, when iOS 14 came in. Yeah. And yeah, it's really interesting you're saying talking about this because just before we went on air, Lalan and I were having a conversation. We were talking about like uh, income streams, right? And we were saying that you know it it's much better to like uh, in our view right now rather than like basically diversification, right? Yeah. 
and um, having quite a few things that could potentially, you know, blow up and do really well, um, as opposed to just putting your eggs in in one thing, right? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, you kind of learned that the hard way, because yeah. it actually hurt your pocket in the fact that suddenly overnight, suddenly, and then you've got to scramble to try and keep your business alive. So how did you diversify your business channels after that? Yeah, so, so we, we didn't immediately uh, understand. Uh, we thought that, okay, so we just need to adjust now to, to this to this new environment. Uh, the return on ad spend will come back. We just need to do some adjustments, some fine tuning. And uh, this didn't really happen. So after, let's say, half a year of testing, we, we just didn't see the return on ad spend come back up. Then we really understood that okay, now we need to to look into other ways of of moving a product. And uh, we did have a few, uh, you know, retailers. We have uh, we had a few um, distributors, but uh, we didn't put put much emphasis em emphasis and energy on them uh, before this happened. So after this happened, we really started to contact contacting. Uh, watch retailers, uh, primarily looking at you know Rolex ADs, Patek ADs, uh, because we didn't want to end up in two, let's say, simple shops. Because we were concerned about keeping the uh, the brand. Uh, because at this time uh, we have started to uh, create such a strong uh, brand name because we have been very selective with. Um, who we send out the products to, who who we who we work with, uh, so we were we were in a let's say desperate situation, but at the same time we really had our brand name, um, um in in focus. So uh, we looked at some of the uh, better watch boutiques like uh, Bucherer and and things of that nature, and uh, we started selling through them. Um, luckily, we were also contacted by uh, a few of the big uh, watch brands. Yeah, Daniel? Now, I'm just putting my hand up here because I just feel very happy that I'm aligned with the standard of your watch brand. You Didn't know, because you, you mentioned. Yes. God. Uh, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you are one of the, one of the high quality Thanks. people we want to work yeah, with clearly the marketing mistake they made yeah that's the third crisis when, when we start selling <laughs> things to, to this guy <laughs> yeah uh, sorry immature <laughs> yeah so yeah okay so, so now we have uh we're working with the uh, watch boutiques. We're doing things with watch brands, and um, yeah, we're, we're still running ads, not not in the same uh, uh, same manner as before. Now it's more um, to have brand awareness and uh, to, to to stay in people people's feeds. Um, but we also have a very large client base since uh, after all these years. So. Uh, we have a lot of recurring customers. Uh, we have mm. a lot of organic traffic. Uh, so, so now we, we have a quite diverse uh, income stream in terms of 
in B2B, B2C, online, offline. Mm-hmm. Okay, I actually now have a valid question. Um, the first, which like, when you were doing all the online, it was going very smooth. How much would you, percentage-wise, were you selling like B2C? And now that afterwards, after you've um, tweaked your business model and started working with uh, B2B, how much would you say now that encompasses? Like how did yep. the, the, the percentages change? Okay, so before it was 95% B2C. And now it's like, um, in terms of volume, yeah, let's uh, about 60, 40 now. 60% B2C, 40% uh, B2B. Okay. And my second question is, you know, what is it in terms of like your experience of people buying the watch stand and they buy like, let's say another one, because um, it, it strikes me as one of those products that you buy once, you know, you've got one. Um, do, do you need to get another one? Because it doesn't wear out, does it? You know, and you don't need no. to like maintain it. So I think yeah. like, many consumers are buy once only consumer or yeah. like, do they are they repeat buyers? Yeah. Okay, uh, so this is actually a question we received from uh, from an investor uh, a year ago. Um, basically, exactly what, what you said. Uh, once you buy it, why would you buy another one? Uh, it, it, you don't need a new one every year. It's it's not like it gets, uh, as you say, worn out, or it, it's not like a tech product which new technology comes or, or anything like that. So what, what we have seen is that people have them uh, they might have them in different places at home, one at the office and one uh, one somewhere else. Um, many of them, they gift uh, the product to others. They, they bought one from for themselves and then they, they buy again to someone else. And um, yeah, we did actually, we have re- released a new version, uh, the Washington 2.0, which is, a, it looks a little bit more uh, industrial than the original classic version. So some people like the new design and they want to have that. Um, but otherwise, it's a product that the one I have, it's it's the first first one we received from Poland. And uh, it looks exactly the same as as uh, when I got it like three or four years ago. So as you say, it doesn't get worn out. Uh, so the re- recurring customers, uh, either they want new colors or I, most of them, I think, buy it to someone else mm, okay all right that's a fair answer okay um i guess i i feel like you've taken on us taken us on a very truthful um journey with the watch stand um so thank you for that but you know and i actually think there's quite a few lessons that you went through that we can all learn from but which one you know if you were gonna look back on um, your journey, what would you have done differently? No, with with your knowledge now. Um, okay, so a, f- a few good things that uh, that other people might want to uh, take into consideration when they when they do these things. If you have a design, uh, if you create a new design uh, or a patent, uh, protect it before you contact anyone. It's not. It's not expensive. Uh, it's not difficult to do. So to do that, r- rather do that uh, one more ex- one more time extra than 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 skip that step. 
uh, we actually have a few designs protected that we haven't used, but uh, yeah, it, it's better to just protect it because the design patent, it has really helped us. We have uh, shut down many, many <laughs> online uh, boutiques and, uh, and other resellers with this. So that, that's quite efficient. Uh, in terms of what I would have done different, um, so I, I did say that we did uh, ramp up the, the paid ads when it worked so well. Um, we are both, me and Jens, we are both thinking, what would have happened if we ramped it up even more? Yeah, I was thinking that too when you said that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what would have happened if, if we did it like five times what we did or or even more? Okay, so... so um, one bottleneck would be the factory, but we we could have managed that. Uh, so that uh, we thought that we were doing everything we we could uh, during that period, but in retrospect, we might have done more. So you're saying you would have done more paid ads? Yeah, it it could have worked. I mean, if we if it worked when you ramped it up from the levels we were at to the levels we ramped it up to. Why couldn't we have ramped it up even more? Yeah, can I so can I ask? Yeah, do you think more about that now? The fact that iOS fourteen came out, so you had that window to really kill it. Now, now in hindsight, you know iOS fourteen came out, right? And yeah. now you can say, oh, you know what? I had actually a window of opportunity yeah. there just yeah. to go for yeah. it. Yes, exactly. Uh. Because at that point, you know, we thought that okay, we can just we were we were at this level and. We can just gradually now move it up, move it up, move it up, because since now we know how it works, we can just continue like this. Uh, but we didn't know that, as you said, that this window would close. Mm. And is it also the fact that finally, after all your struggles, you had this thing almost on automation? You know, things were getting delivered out of the factory. You're just packing them, sending them off, and you're getting the orders in. You know, your return mm. on ad spend was there. It was consistent. And yeah. Did you get complacent? You know, did you get too comfortable? Uh, too comfortable in terms of that we didn't develop the B two B and offline whilst this was working so well. So if if we we, we could have put a little bit more focus on that during that period, um, it's not a disaster because now it's up and running. But we did have had we had a little dip, let's say, uh, so we could have mitigated that dip. Um, but in retrospect, that's not the biggest regret. The biggest regret now, when I think about it, we could have ramped up the ads even more during that that window frame, that window. If I just want to ask, if you could meet Tim Cook, like now, what would yeah, you say I to would him? Stop him. <laughs> okay, just checking. Yeah. 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 That's good. Good answer. Yeah. He would what? Slap him. <laughs> Slap him. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because, he, he oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. Sorry. Right. Um, I guess my last question now is, what is the future for the watch stand? Can you share? Yeah. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we are working with a few of the big brands. Uh, we're working with uh, one of the uh, Holy Trinity brands. I cannot tell which one because 
they didn't want us to mar- use it in our marketing. So I, I guess this is one from a marketing. But uh, they give uh, their products to, to their clients. We have done it now two years in a row. Uh, so they give them to, to their best clients. Um, so we want to continue with that. And that's quite, that, you, that's something that we never would have thought. Uh, they actually contacted us. One of the Holy Trinity brands contacted us. They wanted to make products for their clients. Uh, so that's quite interesting that they found us and they, uh, among other uh, companies, uh, they picked us. So that's very cool. And we, we're working with other brands as well. Some of the large uh, watch conglomerates we're working with. So that's a little bit more behind the scenes, but that brings good volumes in terms of sales. And we want to do more of that. Um, we're going to continue to develop our products, uh, refine them, create new products. Um, maybe in the future, have a physical store somewhere. Um, so that's it. And one more thing that's quite interesting. Uh, when we launched the company, we were just doing watch dance and there were no watch dance in the market. So the company name was is the watch stand. Um, so when you Googled watch stand or the watch stand, uh, the only thing that came up was our product, basically. And now when there are so many copies, when people Google the watch stand or watch stand, uh, they don't, they, it's difficult for someone who's not very, um, uh, who doesn't know all of the background and, and the details, they, they can't differentiate between our the watch stand and a watch stand, which is a copy and, and looks very similar. Uh, so our brand leverage uh, has gone down in terms of that. So we will uh, actually rebrand the company. We, we will have a name that is more unique for us uh, because the watch stand is like selling a car and calling it the car. Plus now we're not just selling watch stands. We have other watch accessories, accessories as well. So, so the watch stand will be uh, it, it will be called the watch stand but by x uh, and by x it w- x will be the new company name which which we haven't communicated out yet uh, so that's something that that's happening happening now um yeah okay well thank you so much for sharing all of that um i'm so happy you went through everything uh, and you were so honest and and forthcoming with your answers um it's a great journey to follow just from something um as simple or as you say simple as a watch stand just listening to you and seeing the mistakes you made and how you overcame them is is quite invigorating um like certainly i certainly admire you more now than before you came onto the podcast (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah no, I, I really do. When I did the pre-call, I, um, you know, I'm a guy that's also, you know, tried many things and failed at a lot of things, right? And um, I think part of success is being able to just keep going and just pick yourself up as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. your mind, you know, your decision making seems so sound you know, all the way through the way you took most of the negativity and just put it under like the feedback box and just kept on going. Right. And I just think your decision-making was really on point and yeah. uh, congratulations <laughs> on the success you've had. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And I think going back to what we discussed earlier, you said something about pride. I think that since uh, since this is an invention, not not just like we took something and started selling it, it became personal, you know, because this is something that me and uh, with the help of Jens invented. So it's it's a little bit different then because then every attack, it was not just, you know, uh, on what we did, it, it was a little bit more personal. So I think that was uh, a part of, you know, wanting to make everything uh, as good as possible. Mm. Yeah. Long, Long, do you have anything to add? No, I'm just always happy to see someone succeed. So, yeah, mm. it's a nice story. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Now, Soren, it's your turn. The reverse around. You know how it goes. Right. Shoot. Yes. I've heard about this thing. Okay, one moment. Let me just bring up the questions. Uh, right. Okay. So to Daniel, um, if I understand correctly, you are a father uh, from what I've heard in, in the pod yeah. before. Yeah. Don't know how old your, your children are, but um, the question is, uh, how will you introduce watches to your children? Oh, and, I already uh, have. Oh, I, I don't know how old they are. So, and, oh, and, and, okay. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. So my kids are four and eight, right? Four and eight, okay. Very yeah. young. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my work revolves around watches mostly. Yep. So, and they see, you know, <laughs> they see my watches on the watch stand, right? And nice, very nice. They, 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 they're inquisitive. You know, they, they, they want to know what their daddy does, right? And I tell them. And they, I guess it's more to bond with me mm. they're into having things on their wrist so they can't obviously tell like you know what's a great watch but they know what a watch is they have their like frozen watches as in the disney character mm. frozen disney, watches. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um now they have their like in china it's very popular to have the uh watch that you can phone your parents on right okay yeah with so a tracker kind of like a, as well yeah, exactly. A bit like a Dick Tracy watch, if anybody remembers yeah. Dick Tracy. And um, so they have that. And that's kind of like their must-have thing, you know, mm. like to have that on there but, because it's a security mm. thing as well. You know? Yeah. yeah because the, the other part of the question was uh, when you pass down your pieces. Uh, yeah. so, so I have uh, two kids as well, a son that's uh, three and a half. Uh, which I have, mm. I have started indoctrinating very early with watches. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my concern is, <laughs> uh, I don't want to give them a shortcut, you know, a shortcut to, you know, let's say higher level uh, watches. But at the same time, you want to show them that. But I think that if you give them, you know, if you should, because, <laughs> you know, you can't give them the good pieces in the beginning. And if they, so, you know, we have, you've heard about, you, you've spoken about, the saturation you, you see the good pieces all the time and and then yeah. they become normal so yeah. for the kids let's say they see these nice pieces from the beginning yeah. they won't even yeah. think that's something special well you know my house is full of phillips catalogs right yeah yeah and um you know they open them up and the photography on the pieces is so good and they're yeah. always attracted to world timers because of the yeah. enameling and the colors you know so that's 
that's them and they asked me what does this watch do why does it look so pretty why does it look so different to the other watches mm. so mm. i have to explain it to them i think i will highlight the knowledge side of watches mm. as opposed to how expensive and uh, uh, exclusive these things are you know yeah i always like uh, i have two girls so i always mm. in my mind i always think at that moment when they bring a guy back you know for dinner right yeah. if he's wearing a shit watch he's going straight out of the door you know? of course <laughs> and i can but, almost imagine but, my but, daughter uh, telling the, telling the guy going to... like you need a decent watch before you go to dinner you don't get it like yeah, yeah like yeah. that 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 will seal the deal you can like be piss poor at your like conversation but if that watch is right <laughs> you, you're good <laughs> right. yeah makes sense so, yeah yeah okay so I'm, okay and then okay so i have one question for jack as well but this question i can actually ask both of you uh, afterwards uh so long uh you've tried our products you have tried other uh, accessories uh watch accessories is there anything you would like us to improve in the products we have or is there something missing in our lineup uh something we have not thought about or something you have thought about that you know you, you would like to see us making okay i mean if i really really have to like find something to say right because i actually have nothing i would change but if i really have to find something to change i think what happens for a girl anyways is i so i take off my watch and i put it there and then the base i put all my rings on the base and yep. Uh, I usually wear a lot of rings, at least three. And I think what happens is I have a fear of like putting the ring there and it will roll off. <laughs> but this is like just my own fear. So I always think to myself like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it kind of had like an indent or it had two separate indents where it's like one for rings and I don't know what, like I don't wear earrings. So I don't know what people will put there, but uh, definitely like it had some kind of curve curvature that would hold the rings instead of it just like rolling off that's yeah. very yep. good feedback yep. because Thanks. um i wear bangles yeah like you know i've got bangles right handling bangles yeah. and a lot of people you know they wear like a chrome hearts or something like yeah, this yeah. right yeah and there isn't actually a place to put that unless you buy the valet tray but the thing is yep. the valet tray i mean i've got one now the valet tray mm -hmm. is next to the watch stand so it's two separate things I just yeah. wonder if it could be just convenient that it could be in in one kind of place because they don't look the same. They look yeah. nice, but they don't look the same. And that yeah. kind of bugs, you know, some people, right? Yeah. yeah. And and also, uh, I assume that it would be better if, because if you put the rings on the stone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how OCD you are, but uh, I, I, know people I, I, I would be... Yeah. Uh, aren't you concerned about scratches when you put them there i'm generally like not because even with watches people know like i'm just like not and all my jewelry like i don't like i never take off any of my bracelets it's just like that um but i do know like all my girlfriends like if we go to a hotel they definitely put like tissue they put a bunch of stuff under it so yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i think it would be interesting to ask around because I I don't have this problem with the like looking for my ring because I wear yellow gold and it's on a black base. 
But mm. I know a lot of people who leave stuff at a hotel and it's always the same story. It's because it was on tissue or it was on a notepad and the color was too similar to the, the jewelry itself. So I think yep. that's worth asking. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Remember, I'm going to patent this thing. <laughs> like, it was my idea. I'm going to go in the forum. <laughs> you learn quick. I would register it ASAP after this call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay. So, and the, the third question, which is for, it was mainly for, for Jack, but uh, I think you both have experience from, um, you know, uh, Europe, uh, United States and Asia. Uh, so this is, you know, a little bit more of a general, not the watch related question. Uh, so uh, where do you see more potential in terms of living quality and career wise uh, in the next 10 years? how the world is developing now. It's quite interesting to see this shift in in uh, which places in the world are, you know, flourishing and, and which places are, you know, on some kind of stagnation. That would have been a good if question it... to ask Jack, actually. Yeah, that is a yeah. very considered question. Uh, well, I'm kind of living it in Shanghai. You know, I, I love China. Um, for yep. me, um, Europe is done you know there's not as many opportunities in europe for me yep, as there are yep. in china um and i've never really spent time in um, america to to really comment on that because and that means i've never been able to build up my resources and network in 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 america and so i think it's unfair but clearly i think geopolitically uh China and the US that are fighting it out are because they're the two biggest mm. economies, right? Yep. And either, unless you're the president of those countries or very, very significant in those, um, you know, I think you can do well in either one, you know, I think there's enough opportunity yep. there. Yeah. I, I want to say, but, like, I don't know, like, okay, Dan, you can disagree with me, but like, mm. I'll tell you what I've learned with, I really wanted to live in China, but I think it's like, this is my theory. Like you can live anywhere in the world and do really well, but you need to live in an environment where you can use your skills. So for example, if my skills were speaking, I need to be able to speak in English so if I went to China, right, sure, I can also speak in Chinese and I can work in Chinese, but it will never be as strong as English. So you don't get to utilize your skills to the maximum. So you get to make yeah. some money by like, there's always some loopholes. So you can be the translate a translator between two parties or whatever, but you will never reach like your full potential of like what you want to do. I, I do actually agree with that. Yeah. The thing is, is that when you talk about environment, it isn't just based on language. And uh, answering the question candidly, I don't think that the UK gives equal opportunities. It does then, yeah. Because yeah. of my, um, I, I was like an ethnic minority in the UK. And uh, I don't think I, the environment there, I didn't think I had a, a good chance, basically. And I think my chances acting as, you're right, 
like that bridge between China and the West. Mm. I think that's where my advantage lies, and just staying in that realm in Ch- in China, that's where I have the maximum value. Yeah. But Daniel, uh, so did you move with your parents to the UK, or do they live in China? No, they they moved to the UK. I was born in England, so they met in the UK, and yeah. they emigrated now, from are, are, Hong Kong. So when you went back to China, yeah, did you leave them in UK or? <laughs> I the whole family moved over to Asia. Like okay, gradually, okay. Pretty, but very okay. quickly after one another, we all left. Okay, yeah, okay. And I think that's almost as well like a key point. You know, my parents spent a good thirty years. My my mother was there when she was fourteen, fifteen, and uh, she never got used to that culture. Hmm. You know, um, it was she made money there. She found a niche. She made money. But as soon as she had the ability to go back, uh, but that's a different reason, you know. The question was about mm. opportunity. Hers, yeah. you know, now she has the flexibility of retiring. She would prefer, obviously, prefer going back to to Hong Kong and, and Asia. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. A little bit deeper question than than the good questions, questions, perhaps. But, yeah, good yeah. questions. Yeah, thank you for those. Right. We'll now go on to the uh, pump push around. Yep. Uh, number one. Name a memory that makes you smile immediately. A very strange. Uh, <laughs> when I was uh, about 15 years old and I had a, a scooter, motorbike. First thing oh. that came to mind. Okay. Good, good times, good times. Uh, going on, on that scooter and then later on a, a motocross bike. Good times. First thing that came to mind. <laughs> right. Number two. When you meet someone for the first time, man or woman, what small thing influences you the most of what you will go on to think about that person? Um, well, so if it's a man uh, or a woman, you do a very quick anal- analysis of you know age, appearance, and then you you have your. Uh, you make a prejudgment of that person. Uh, is this a person you you know from before, or is it the first time you see them? First time. Yeah. So so you do a very quick for in in one or two seconds uh, analysis of that person, um, uh, based on yeah, based on appearance, age, and uh, ethnicity, <laughs> and then and then you have a certain certain view of that person based on my previous experiences with uh, with someone who looks like that, and then from and that's the starting point, and then from that. That person can either uh, confirm what what I thought, or they can surprise me in a different way, either negatively right. or positively. Right. Number three. If a genie came right now and gave you three wishes, what would you wish for? Um. Okay. So so let's uh, let's remove the question of uh, uh, having more questions or just uh, send me money or something like that. Um, good weather here in Sweden year round would, would be nice. <laughs> uh, so so we could uh, avoid having this uh, depression period from from uh, October to May. Um, and then of course uh, to be blessed with uh, more watches 
one watch per year uh, would be nice and uh, health and uh, good health for my close for my close ones and that was the mm-hmm. third uh, third one <laughs> in, the, in the order apparently okay yeah. before what is the craziest thing you've ever done this cannot be disclosed uh, for legal reasons okay all right <laughs> Right, we're going to let's ask you. Say off I had a, let's, let's say you know uh, I grew up in a in a, a let's say a no go zone almost here in St- Stockholm suburbs, so my my youth was a little bit um, um, advent- adventurous adventurous let's say like that. Okay, so well, five. <laughs> you may have answered this already. What is the most annoying thing about Sweden? I haven't mentioned this, but the high taxes. Uh, I don't know what that was in my mind. I was thinking whether you yeah, choose high the, taxes or the, the weather. The, yeah, the, the, the tax climate and the weather climate. <laughs> both both are not uh, the best. Right. Um, what is your dream job? Um, actually, I'm I'm really passionate about watches. What what took me to, to making the watch done is is the passion for watches. So that's behind everything. And uh, yeah, working with something that um, which I'm passionate about is is as as many people know it. It doesn't feel like you're working if you if you're doing that. Uh, so to be able to combine your your uh, hobby or your your passion with work, uh, very cliche, but that's something that's uh, my dream, really. Okay. Um, number eight. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Mm, I would say uh, I have a, uh, let's say, strong and positive mindset. Um, So I come across obstacles and uh, I think the ability to to just absorb them and just keep on going uh, regardless of of how it feels just do what's got to be done um yeah i think that's that's something that has been helpful okay next one when was the last time you felt truly humbled <laughs> yeah in this podcast when uh, you have said quite a few you know nice words uh quite unexpected so that was uh yeah that was nice thanks what do you mean unexpected? I'm really nice on the podcast. I'm really nice to the guests. <laughs> yeah, but you know, okay, so so remember, this is the first podcast where I talk about the company. So I haven't really given too much thought about, you know, the story or how, how it can come across and, and things like uh, that. So, yeah. yeah. What you're saying is uh, it's been a story that's been very personal to you that you haven't shared. And it's the first time that you've got other feedback from it. Yeah. Okay, from people wow. that's not not people you know close around me of course they they know about everything but it's different sharing it with someone uh like externally let's say that. yeah mm. it, it could be that jens is the actual guys with the brain and you're actually not <laughs> you're just the guy yeah that it could be Jens is with could the polish be. factory because you know you're you're half polish or whatever right yeah so you needed some kind of role <laughs> yeah that that's it that's it Right, the last question. Who's your hero? 
I would say actually my parents. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people say that uh, as an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you might because, have said Jens. Uh, <laughs> he he's number two or not number three because of two parents, of course. But uh, um, yeah, because they have always had uh, you know they have directed me in in the right direction. They have shown uh, you know. Uh, you know, good family values and things of that nature that I haven't really thought about during my upbringing. But now, when I'm older, uh, and I've heard different stories about how people had it at home and uh, when they grew up, and then when I look at uh, how I've had it, I can appreciate things that I didn't uh, think of uh, when I was younger. Um, so and now, uh, when I have children, of course, that also adds a factor of understanding of my parents. And uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that was the last question and that ends the podcast. So thank you again so much for coming on and I thank hope you, you enjoyed you. it as uh, much as I did. And I'm sure Long Long did. It was good fun. Yeah. Well, everybody, there you go. That was Soren from The Watchstand. See you on the next one. Bye. 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 As always, thank you for listening to The Waiting List Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at The Waiting List Podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.